It's Thursday, December 19th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill with me in studio for the last time for 2019. But don't worry, she'll be back in 2020. It's Abby Mallon. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. So, yesterday we recorded Motley Fool Money for next week. It's our year in review episode. And I wanted to, because you're not on the episode, and that's something we need to talk about, by the way, and getting you back on Motley Fool Money a little bit more often. But anyway, I'm curious, as we look back on 2019, there were a lot of things that got a lot of attention, and some rightfully so. Other things, I think now we sort of look back with the benefit of hindsight and we're like, boy, we spent a lot of time focused on that one thing, and I'm not really sure why. What fits in that category for you that you look back on and you're just like, why did we spend so much time talking about that? Yeah, so I've spent a lot of time looking at various IPOs over the year. And I think the one that has gotten a lot of attention, and I still think we're in peak. Um, talking about it is Peloton. So they are the fitness company. They produce stationary bikes and treadmills, and they're sold at pretty premium prices. And then they sort of also offer a subscription to deliver high quality fitness classes directly to those users within their homes. Um, I think we talk a lot about it, and I just don't think it's going to be relevant down the line. Really, you think the, like you think the business itself is that challenged? Um, I don't know that the business is that challenged. I think. A lot of analyst concerns seem to be around um, the fact that the, the hardware is so expensive. That's actually not my concern with them. I think, I mean, I live in DC and I think exercise is expensive. Even basic gyms in DC are pretty expensive. So I think if you buy these, so the bikes are about 2300 treadmills are 4300 but they offer these payment plans. If you do it, you know, on a plan, I don't think it's necessarily outrageous considering it could replace your gym membership. Um, I just think that there's a little bit of an overestimation of what how big this total addressable market is and once you stop once this company stops selling their hardware you're looking for them to sort of make up those revenues within their software business. And the good thing about software is that it is a lot higher margin um, and it is a subscription so hopefully it'll be much stickier and so far it has been. Um, their monthly churn is low at less than 1%, and their 12-month retention is about 94%. So, for a fitness class, it's actually pretty exceptional. I just think we're in a very hyped moment for Peloton specifically, and I wonder... I mean, it's almost a $9 billion company, and for reference, Planet Fitness, which is you know obviously the other side of fitness, but you know that low-end, very low-cost gyms, that's a $6.6 billion business. Well, I'm glad you mentioned Planet Fitness, because that's like while you were talking, I was thinking, wait, isn't this also all happening in an environment where Planet Fitness is growing and expanding, specifically because Planet Fitness is taking... I mean, yes, technically, they're in the same business as Peloton, Fitness, <laughs> but they're going about it in a very way different, different way. Um, the whole ten dollars a month thing, the judgment-free zone, like all that sort of thing, and you know, and they're growing nicely, and, the, right, and right. the stock is reflecting that. Yeah, I mean, Planet Fitness really has something sort of going for it in that they are not trying to compete with other gyms; they're trying to attract people who previously don't visit the gym. So, sort of an untapped market in terms of gym advertising, I would say. So that's. It's an interesting business, and I mean it. It is a very low price, but they have made that work, and it's a scalable model for them. I think that's much more interesting to me, and I can see that working ten years down the line, being a much bigger business than Peloton. 
I just want to highlight the fact for um, anyone listening that at no point uh, in talking about Peloton has Abby mentioned the commercial. Yeah, so I think that's also why we're in peak hype. I mean, that that commercial was so I don't tone deaf is the only word that comes to mind. Yeah. But honestly, it's kind of genius, too, because people who probably weren't aware of Peloton are now aware because they're offended by this ad. But everyone's talking about it, so no news is bad news, I guess. Well, but to go back to what the case that you were laying out for Peloton, I mean, it had nothing to do with the ad. And I mean, although it does, you're right, the television commercial and all of the attention that it got and sort of the backlash, and then, of course, we had the backlash to the backlash. Yes, it does add to the whole hype, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, that commercial is gone. The calendar is going to flip to 2020, and the underlying business is still going to be the underlying business. And right. the way you're looking at it, and others, it's like um, th- this is fine. I just don't think it's as big as you all seem to think it's going to be. What on the on the flip side? So if Peloton is getting too much attention, what is something that you look back on in 2019 and go, boy? This should have gotten more attention. Yeah, I mean, so if we look at 2019 as a whole, it's been actually a pretty interesting year for investments all around. So the S&P 500 is up more than 25% year to date, and only a very small portion of that S&P is actually losing money for the year. So very few companies are doing poorly this year. Um, oil's up about 25% year to date. Gold is up about 12%. But I think the part that's really interesting to me is that corporate bonds are up almost 9%, and treasuries are also up almost 9%. So, um, typically, treasuries are specifically pretty interesting because they tend to decline when riskier assets increase in value. So, the fact that everything is moving in the same direction signals that there's sort of um, maybe some coming hesitancy, maybe some uh, Disagreement about where the market is going, things like that, and I think the stock to watch for that trend would be TradeWeb. So, um, TradeWeb went public in April of this year, I believe, and they just haven't really garnered as much attention as I would have expected them to. So they had they they are doing well for sure, but um, I think as we re- see this return of volatility and sort of hesitancy in the market, and maybe even these correction in valuations, um, I think investors. It's known that there's a relationship between stocks and bonds, and when um, stocks become less attractive, people tend to shift money into bonds. And so, TradeWeb operates an electronic trading platform for bonds, and they operate in four asset classes, but they focus primarily within the um, rates, which includes U.S. Treasuries and money markets. And then they also have a credit and equities portion. So, I think it's one that people don't talk about because it's sort of um, hard to digest, given that you know it's the bond market, and typically people in the equities markets aren't as interested in the bond market. But I think it's something to keep in mind. It's hard to digest. It's also kind of boring. Like it's just one of, like for people who are interested. No, but it's so fascinating. It's so fascinating because when you look at the story, so historically the equities market has sort of shifted almost entirely to electronic trading platforms, but the bond market has actually. Lagged entirely, and so bonds are still traded as they were when you see in like really old movies when they call up and they make a deal and they're price sourcing, and it's it's this chaotic process because bonds are. I mean, it's for a lot of reasons, but bonds are typically done in um, much larger packages, and the people trading them are very hesitant to give away sort of their strategy on buying or selling, and so it hasn't moved into today's 
era. And I, I, I think it's going to be, um, as bonds come back into favor, I think this is a company that you'll see a lot more volume, a lot more revenue, um, and just it gets a lot more interesting. I think TradeWeb and bonds in general probably need better PR. Maybe they need to create their own controversial <laughs> television commercial just to get Maybe. some buzz going. Maybe that's what we need. Um, what are we watching, or what are you watching going into um, 2020? Going into 2020, I am really excited. Maybe that's the wrong word. I am very interested to watch how um, big tech in general is treated in terms of regulation. I think we're seeing a lot more scrutiny. Obviously, it's we're coming up in an election, which obviously brings up. Um, some of these issues, but I think regulations are certainly on the top of everyone's mind. I think taxes are on the top of everyone's mind. Um, we've seen a lot of these big tech companies be treated very favorably for years, and I think there's maybe a reckoning coming for that. It w- I think you're absolutely right. It'll be interesting to watch, and yeah, the fact that it's going to be a presidential election, I think that it's it's hard to go wrong um, taking swings at uh, big successful tech companies. But I'm also curious to see to the extent to which any of the big tech companies, not so much Microsoft, but more Alphabet, Amazon, Facebook, um, Apple to a lesser extent, to the extent that any of them decide to make preemptive moves. Uh, earlier this year, I got the chance to talk with uh, Scott Galloway, um, who wrote a great book a couple of years ago uh, about the big four tech companies. and He said he thought that... Um, or wait, was it him? No, it was David Kirkpatrick. Um, who wrote the Facebook effect? Kirkpatrick was the one who said that he he thought Amazon was going to just proactively spin out Amazon Web Services. I've read that actually increasingly more within the past like three months. That's the um, sort of Wall Street's guess, maybe. Well, and I think if you're an Amazon shareholder, and I am, on some level, you're kind of rooting for that because it would simultaneously um, reduce the regulatory risk. And it would also be spinning out an incredibly large company. I mean, the potential, just from a stock perspective, of so, a, of AWS yeah. as its own business is is pretty enormous. Interesting, you say that. I feel like as a shareholder, I would rather it stay together, just because the business has so many synergies and the way that Amazon works so well is, you know, they get the cash flow from any of their multiple divisions and they can redeploy it wherever they're best going to see growth. So I think. Um, AWS has been not only a growth for them, but also a very cash flow positive business aspect for them, and sort of subsidized some of those other businesses that maybe don't operate as quite as efficiently. I.e., the Amazon store. I mean, logistics are a really hard business, and I think you know you're seeing Amazon can compete there because they have the profitability across the company to sort of support that. And so, as a shareholder, I'd rather see them not broken up. If I were management, I think it's a really tactical next move, and I think the sum of the parts here. I mean, it's hard to imagine because Amazon's such a large company, but I would imagine that the sum of the parts might be even bigger than. The thing together. So, if you go back a few years and you look at eBay and when PayPal was in house at eBay, right. and that, that was the drumbeat for a few years, like uh, they, they should really spin this out, unlock right. the value. And they did. And now PayPal, PayPal's market cap is, I don't know, four, three, Dwarfs eBay. three <laughs> or four times the size of eBay's, maybe even more than that. Do you foresee if Amazon were to spin out AWS, do you foresee 
something like that, where AWS becomes dramatically more successful and bigger than the result, uh, the resulting Amazon? Or do you just think, now it works better together, I'm not predicting that type of split? I don't know if it would be quite as drastic, but I do think, at least in the short term, AWS is the more attractive asset. Uh, before we wrap up, uh, just want to uh, again, we're coming to the end of 2019. Thank uh, the dozens of listeners and ask for a little bit of help uh, because it is the season of giving. Um, if you could help us out with a review, um, because reviewing our show, whether it's on Apple Podcasts or Google Play or Stitcher, it actually is one of those things that helps other people find the show. Um, so if you could take a, a moment, uh, particularly if you're enjoying the show. If you hate the show, just drop us an email at marketfooleryatfool.com. <laughs> Don't write a review. Well, yeah, as as, uh, as my longtime friend uh, Eric Reithelm always says, uh, look, if we're doing well, tell others. If if you think what we're doing stinks, uh, t- tell us, right. and we'll see what we can do to fix it. So, um, Abby Allen, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So, don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you on Monday. When I was a child, everything was magical. I believed in Santa Claus. It really was fantastical. We couldn't wait to open up the gifts around the tree. Mom and Dad were there with us, smiling joyfully. But now I'm all grown up, and Christmas is really annoying. I remember caroling and sliding down the hill, skating on the pond. You know it really was a thrill. But now the thrill is gone and all my credit cards are maxed I'm running here, running there, there's no time to relax Cause I'm all grown up And Christmas is really annoying Annoying, annoying They advertise the whole year long Annoying Annoying. Let's apologize to Jesus for what went wrong. Now it's time to celebrate the coming of the first. We're all supposed to sing the song, but no one knows the words. Should all acquaintance be forgotten, never brought to mind? It's time to wrap the season up and leave it all behind. Cause I'm all grown up. And Christmas is really annoying You know that Christmas is really annoying